This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is, giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis. It's Cats at Night, the number one show at... uh, Five o'clock, and uh, we have a TriCast, uh, WABC Radio, uh, 770, AM 970, The Answer, and WLIR. In the studio with us, we have uh, two common-sense Democrats. Uh, we have Judge Richard Weinberg, Governor David Patterson, and uh, one common-sense uh, a Republican. We've got Craig Eaton. And we have a fantastic show for everyone tonight. We It's a special, actually. At 535, we're going to have a special debate with uh, Assemblywoman Latrice Monique Walker, who's been on a hunger strike regarding the bail reform since March 22nd. We'll also be speaking with Charles Gasparino. And then first off, we have Professor Alan Dershowitz, just a couple of decades at Harvard, a constitutional expert. Hello, Professor Dershowitz. One of the main topics we've been talking about, Title 42. What can we Americans do as far as the state goes to stop the federal government from flying in people in the middle of the night straight from the border because it looks like it's happening again. Can't can't do anything. There's uh, the Constitution forbids any state from preventing people from crossing its borders. It's one of the compromises. Even, even if it's made. a foreign, is there a technicality because it's a foreign border? I don't think so. Well, maybe we should look into it because I can understand you can't stop it state to state. But if I was a lawyer, you know, I'm a college dropout. I I would try to fight it on a constitutional basis that it's an international border that has nothing to do with you you can't stop anything from anybody from crossing a border. Well, I have an idea that probably would be uh, a little bit more constitutional. That is New York State can, if it chooses to, bring some kind of a lawsuit to prevent the illegal immigrants from coming into the United States. You got you got three chances of that happening. I know. Slim, none, and never. I, (laughs) I think that's about the chances of the other happening, too, because once somebody's in the United States, states can't have. But it's your border. Let's say Arizona. Arizona. It's your it's Arizona's border, too. No, but it says full faith and credit. So uh, once you're in the United States, you can't have really different rules. For example, there were some states that wanted to make it harder for trucks to pass through the state and wanted to have better emission standards. California. Yeah, courts held, no, you can't do that. Uh, Once the truck's on the road, it has the right to travel all through the states. The states, you know, are sovereign in some sense. But in other senses, they're not. And once you're in a state, I just don't think there's going to be much of a chance. And you do feel, because they don't go to a different state, they don't go into the United States of America directly, they're going into Arizona or they're going directly into Texas. Yeah, and the United States could stop that from happening. But um, that's a foreign policy issue, and I don't think 
the courts would allow different states to have different rules on immigration. Look, we, 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 we tried that many, many years ago. There were uh, some states that tried to have restrictions on immigration, and they were generally struck down. That's, a, that's for, for the national government. So if you don't like it, you know, change the national government. Vote against the national government. That's really the only way to do yeah, it. Yeah, but I in November, if we – you have that cavalry charge yet? They couldn't find it. They, my they God. Have to... Oh, my God. I'm going to take over the control room then. <laughs> Professor, this, the Professor, this but is Craig, Craig Eaton. Eaton. Uh, you know, the, the one problem is they're not vetting these people as they're coming across. You know, they're not yeah, checking to see it, if they're terrorists. You're not problem. checking and, and if, they're, if they're ill, if they have COVID. I mean, this and is... we have to pay for them. Our, I just got my tax bill. Why should why should the onus be on us to pay for these migrants' education, their health care to house them, and we're not yeah. even being told that they're coming. And the fact that they're being flown in the middle of the night, that tells me that they're doing something wrong. Because why not be open and honest with it, Professor Dershowitz? Well, the concept of sanctuary city is unconstitutional as well. Uh, cities can't say we're going to not report illegal immigrants and have them deported. That's illegal as well. So it cuts both ways. It's a federal government issue. Who gets admitted to the country and who doesn't get admitted to the country is a federal issue. And, you know, during the time of massive immigration, when Italian-Americans, Greek-Americans, Irish-Americans, Jewish-Americans were coming into New York, many states complained. They said, hey, you know, you want to take them to New York? That's one thing. But they're, they're moving to Arizona. You know, they're, they're, they're polluting our great American way. And they lost as well. So, you know, it's an argument that cuts both ways. And, and the decision was made back in the day that the issue of immigration is going to be a federal issue, not going to be a state-by-state issue. And any technicalities we can out. hang our hat on? I've got three more lawyers in the, <laughs> in the studio. Any technicalities, guys? Anything? None. They're so they're all silent, <laughs> Professor. Well, no, I, I think it's a lost cause. Yeah. Uh, look, I think you can, if you're a state, enforce the laws and 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 report any illegal immigrants. And you, you can't set up sanctuary cities in which people deliberately are protected from deportation by state or city rules. That's unconstitutional, too. But as far as trying to prevent them from coming from Arizona to New York, I don't think so. Now we're having a new issue. Gay people are going to come from Florida to New York, uh, according to our, our mayor. He's welcome. Well, they're welcome. I in. mean, I, I have of no course. problem with that. <laughs> of course, no, of course. And uh, it's not going to happen because nobody's going to move states because, you know, seven-year-olds or six-year-olds can't be taught about trans, uh, uh, you know, or, or, or gay or other kind of uh, uh, sexual issues. So I think that was a little bit of showboating, but uh, I, I think, uh, Professor, I think uh, I think the the media did too much about that. Yeah, no, I agree. With now you. the I problem, I I have a problem, and I want this is a problem. That woman uh, in the, the executive at Disney that was in charge of diversity. I don't even know. Yes, her name. yes, I know exactly. I don't even know her name. She has two children. Right. And she says one is a trans. In their four or five or six years old. Oh, I made my one child is a transgender, and the other one is a pansexual. 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 And I said, how, how how old is she? The pansexual? Four, four five, young, six. Young four, five, six. Oh my God! How now, can you tell what somebody now, is? I think. I think. 
uh, the influence of a mother doing that to young kids that love their mother and will do anything the mother wants changes those kids possibly forever. I mean, I think I believe it's a crime, and I think it's a good discussion among the three lawyers I have in this room too. Well, <laughs> but you're you're the you're the fifty year Harvard guy. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's a crime. But do you want really want the the government to come and tell parents how to raise their children? If there so is many that, parents raise that child, so badly, the question. so badly in so many different ways. Is uh, that child abuse? Start. Is that child it abuse? It should be. It's immoral. Well, you know, if you teach children uh, racism, is that child abuse? I if think you so. Teach children bigotry. Um, so much of it happens. I mean, we all grew up in neighborhoods where we knew friends whose parents were somewhat racist or somewhat bigoted. Uh, would that be child abuse? I Do think, you really I want to give the government that much power to That's come into people's homes? Yeah. We'll put it on our website. I think we should do a poll and, and see what the public feels like. It is it child abuse when a mother, two innocent kids, four, five, six years old, tell, he, she tells them you're transgender and trans whatever. Weird. But they claim that weird. she yeah. claims that that's what the child wants. Meanwhile, my five-year-old, I've said this before, she can't even wipe her butt properly. What does she know about <laughs> sexuality? I mean, let's be realistic here. You know, I, I think John's right. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's I'm, wrong. Look, I'm not. I I have no problem with gays. I have no problem at all. I have no problem with transsexuals. I have zero problem. But when they start influencing kids that are three, four, five, six years old, then I have a problem. Well, the chief of diversity well, at Disney, she was saying that she wants half of the Disney characters now to be part of the LGBT com- community to be representative, and they also banned it at the theme parks from saying, "Ladies and gentlemen." Princes and princesses, and, they, and Disney also. Yeah. Disney look, also wants to wage a war against the Florida law. And look what's happening in some of the New York private schools, where uh, kids are being told at five or six years old that you were born white, so therefore you're part of white supremacy, and you're 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 racists uh, by nature, uh, and you have to overcome your white privilege. Being told that when they're uh, young kids who don't even understand the difference between races. Uh, you know, I, I, it was Marx, Karl Marx, who said, give me the child at six and you can have him for the rest of your life. Oh, my uh, God. You can you can you can influence. That's what they're doing. Horribly. That's what they're doing. Uh, and, what and should be the age? What should be the age when it's not abuse? 18. <laughs> 18. And I also have an I'll issue. I'll 16. I I'll also have an 14. issue with the, the pride flag and the Black Lives Matter flags don't belong in classrooms either. Yeah. The only flag I, I, that belongs in the classroom is the American flag. And we're now hearing again about Black Lives Matter. Another property has come to surface, $6 million property in Southern California. Yeah. This is a communist organization. They want to destroy the nuclear family. And they're profiting off of this. They're claiming the well, social justice. I, that's, mm-hmm. Well, I want to move on. We We have time for one more item and i'm professor dershowitz you're the guest on the uh, in the show i want you to pick the next item you want to talk about (laughs) well i want to talk about the new supreme court justice who will be confirmed with three republican votes now and uh, so it'll be 53 to 47 even though she was she she wasn't reported out of committee by the committee it was an 11 to 11 vote and i would just like to see in the future uh, the, the Judiciary Committee and the Senate move toward more 
nonpartisan evaluation of people on their own merits, not to politicize everything. So everything is a straight party vote, uh, Democrats and Republicans. I think there are certain things that could be done in a nonpartisan way. Washington, I agree. Washington has to be a lot more civilized. Thank you. Professor Dershowitz, thank you, and we'll talk to you again soon. Now, before we go on to the next thing, uh, Larry Kudlow has come on the show, and he says the cavalry is coming in November 2022 when we need the elections. What's the cavalry sound like? (laughs) Apollon (laughs) Cassidy. Okay. Cut. That's what the cavalry sounds like. If every American goes out and votes and votes for America to stay American instead of being woke, I think we're going to win. Uh, the other thing that Lydia got wrong before, we are having, we are having at 535, we are having a debate between the lady, uh, Latrice uh, Walker, a friend of mine, uh, who is one of the uh, bail bonds authors, and a legal aid lawyer against our studio, uh, uh, Judge Weinberg, and myself, John Kasimikides, and my uh, Lydia, who is assisting me because I'm a little bit blind. I had a, I had an eye operation today, but everything is fine. And my, my uh, friend, uh, uh, Governor uh, uh, David Patterson, is going to moderate it. And Craig Eaton is in the office, too. But that's going to happen at 535. It's going to make worldwide news. So let's listen in. So uh, we they want to find out what the heck is going to happen in Albany with this bail bond. It's going to be a civilized, respectful debate discussion. Absolutely. Thank you. And, and that's the job of the moderator, Governor David Patterson. Our next guest is? Charlie Gasparino. Charlie, what the heck is going on? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I'll tell you. It's... You know, I, I made money on my Twitter stock in the last two days. It went up like, uh, what, 10, 11, 12 points. Trump oh, yeah. stock went down like uh, 10, 11, 12 points. Did everybody swap Twitter stock for Trump stock? And what's going to be the effect? Well, you know what I think is going to happen? I think Elon, now, you know, he has a board seat now. That that was the big news today, which is fascinating because he's been a staunch critic of Twitter, its policies. Um, and particularly as they pertain to um, to conservatives and canceling conservatives, uh, I I think he's gonna. I think the, the 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 smartest business move if you're Twitter right now, with now that you have competition from Trump, is you put him back. You allow him back on the platform. That's the smart move, and I think that's what's gonna happen. I don't want him back on. Why not? Again? I, I don't. I don't think he should. Why not? It's a free because country. It's a free country, it's a free but he country. always puts his his foot or something in his mouth with the Twitter. I mean, it's almost better yeah, off that he's not on. That's a business. I'll give you two statistics. But he should be allowed to be back on. I'm giving you a business. What I'm saying is, from a business standpoint, the smartest thing that Elon could do right now is essentially put him on, put, reinstate him, because then you'd, yes. you'd essentially um, make make his new thing less relevant because he can't stop himself on Twitter. And, um, you know, you, you track more eyeballs. You're right. I think you're right. And I'll give you something that somebody should check out. Lydia's husband, 
Uh, is he considered he, a middle of the road? Or? Yeah, middle of the road guy, but he's not into politics. He's not he, a famous person. He went and signed into Twitter's uh, a truth to, social, and he got on. And he got on. My uh, my uh, left hand man, my left hand man, Matt, who is a, was a member of the Democratic Party for about a hundred years, tried to uh, tried to sign on to Trump's site, and they said he's eight hundred thousand people are ahead of him. What is that? I know, mean? I know it's so crazy. I tried to sign up a couple of weeks ago and it, I couldn't get through. I mean, it, it's it's really a horrible you know rollout. Um, and uh, you know, and like I said, if you really want to put a dagger through it, if you're Elon and and uh, and Twitter, you just let Trump on tomorrow. <laughs> I, I think right you're on. right. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, but but marketing wise, Twitter is one of the worst sites you want that uh, as a stockholder. They don't. They, they don't know what the heck they're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's such a weird place. Like, if you have an issue with it, you, it takes forever to get through to them, and then, you know, the uh, algorithm. And, and you can never, and you can never delete anything. But if they want to delete you, they delete you right away. <laughs> right. And the other thing is, you can't like if you put up something, you, you spell a name. I mean, just just from a user standpoint, if I, if you put up something as like a spelling mistake, you can't like you, you can't fix it. No edit button. Right. It's like crazy. They need an edit button. And that's what Elon Musk Elon, also... Elon Musk said the same thing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's such a weird platform. I, I, you know, I once had, you know, um, Jack Dorsey, the former CEO, uh, invited a bunch of... And I bet uh, he still has influence, uh, Charlie. Well, he owns, he owns 2%. Elon owns 9%. But, yeah. uh, um you know, uh, this is like about three or four years ago. I, I can't remember exactly when. I, I know somebody that his wife worked at Twitter, and he was assigned with the task. This guy, he came on Fox a lot. He was assigned with the task of getting a bunch of conservative uh, newsmakers, whether it's TV or columns. I do both. And uh, people are considered liber- libertarian and conservative. And, you know, here, if the if the if – the, uh, if the, um, if the service is taking care of them or is biased, he wanted to hear feedback. He was very nice, you know, and it was interesting. I, you know, I told him, I said, let's get beyond the politics. And, you know, I think your biggest problem is that you got so many of these trolls running around and these people that are just disgusting. They have fake names and they attack you and they, they make the, the experience so horrible. I said, In other words, they don't verify the names that the person actually exists. That's what I, that's what I said. I said, why don't you, um, Force people just for a marginal fee, like a buck, to put in their credit card, and you know it's it's kind of a check, it's a verification. And you know he said, ah, we thought about that, but you know we thought it would get away from our 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 stated goal, which I don't know what the stated goal is. How, how did Trump say it? They're full of. They're full of crap. They're full of crap. Can you say that on radio? Yes, I think. Yeah, you can say that on radio. Now, let me tell you one other thing, uh, Charlie. I mean, you're you're the guy in the know. Uh, Thirty-year uh, interest rates on thirty-year uh, went over five percent. Who's going to be buying a house? That's how it works. If you overheat the economy, if housing prices go through the roof, if inflation is everywhere, if the Fed is creating liquidity out of thin air by printing money, uh, you're going to get massive inflation. And the only way, the only way to get rid of inflation is to induce an economic slowdown. Now, you hope for a soft landing. 
you know, not the, but, you know, it, it's, the Fed doesn't have a great record in engineering soft landings. It's very hard. And I think that's the problem that we have. I mean, these idiots, they, you know, even Jamie Dimon said it, and, you know, he's nominally a Democrat. He said it in his annual letter. He said, I think we went too much in the stimulus direction uh, in, you know, like this time last year. Like this time last year when the things were starting to open up, I know we had fits and starts. We had Delta and Omicron and everything. But, you know, we weren't going to close down again. We had vaccines. People, people were coming back to work. Um, you, you know, we did not need to spend all the money that Biden spent. We did not need the Fed to keep, like, printing money. And now we're going to pay the price because the, the inflation is everywhere now. It's, it's going to hurt the real estate industry because nobody's going to be buying yeah. homes and not going to be buying well, condos. You know what, Charlie? We do a lot of closings, and I'm telling you, people are exiting New York City in droves right now because the prices are going to start going down once the interest rates go up. <clears throat> yeah, and I wonder will Florida take you know start seeing some price uh, fluctuations too? You know, things are way out of hand in Florida. I mean, I, you know, you know, a million dollars used to get you a nice house in Florida. Now it gets you like a parking garage, you know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. maybe. Well, Charlie Gasparino, maybe now it's the time to buy with cash. It has nothing no, to do with it. But, no, no. You, wait on the sidelines until the prices go down. Yeah. Then well, you that's buy what I cash. mean. That's what yeah. I mean. Because then you'll, gonna, if you're a cash buyer. If you're a cash buyer mm-hmm. and the prices of houses go down, then yeah. you're the advantage. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Then you're in the, in the sweet spot. But I think you got to wait. I think you got to let it all play out and see where it goes. Charlie, we got a minute left. What, what else would you like to tell me, all Americans? I would just say this. Be careful in the stock market right now. We're at an interesting, weird inflection point where people are just starting to take serious. The Fed is serious about raising rates. When you see Lael Brainerd, who's the vice chairwoman, who's a very much of a dove saying we got to get rid of inflation. We got to, I mean, you know, they're, they're now waking up to this and it's going to be raising rates now for the better part of the year. And the markets are going to go down probably because of it. Meanwhile, the prices are going up. Price of food is going up. Price of gasoline is up. So let's pray for America. Charlie Gasparino, thank you so much for uh, telling Americans the, the truth and God bless you and God bless America. In the long run, we'll be fine because at some point, the people running the show in Washington are going to be out. That this party, which refuses to drill, refuses to create supply, refuses to do simple economic things. If they opened up North America uh, for gas, gasoline, uh, crude oil, uh, food prices will go down, uh, gasoline will go down, et cetera, et cetera. I agree with you. Charlie, we have to go to a break. Thank you so much. God bless you. See you, guys. And we still have a great show coming up. We're, we're going to speak with General Jack Keane and, of course, the live debate with Assemblywoman Latrice Monique Walker on bail reform. That's coming up at 535. Keep it right here. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis. You're a classic example of the people who built this country. On 77 WABC. 
Well, we're back. This is John Casamitidis, and we talked about the economy, and Charlie Gasparino's one smart guy. Now we have another smart guy. We have uh, General Jack Keane to find out what the heck is going on, because I don't think anybody really knows. Uh, General, how are you today? Doing great. Thank you. Uh, tell us, what, what's, what's going on? The American people are scratching their head. Uh, where, where is Putin? What does he want to do? Just give us an update. Sure. Um, well, Putin has made uh, significant adjustments, obviously, given up his main effort, which was to capture the capital of Kiev and topple the government. Uh, and all of that has failed miserably. I mean, not only has uh, Ukrainian forces taken some of the suburban towns around the capital city, but as a result of that and the and the sheer destruction of so many units and uh, in taking the capital city, so many Russian units, they have just literally pulled out. And they're pulling out of Chernihiv, which is another city in the north closer to the Russian border. Um, and they're still uh, bombarding uh, Kharkiv, which is the second largest city. But I, they're not going to be able to take that city uh, either. So they, what the Russians have done is change their focus uh, to the south and to the east. And what they're trying to do is take all of the Donbass region, where the two breakaway provinces were. This is something that they failed to do in 2014 with the Ukrainians, and they wrote that in a lesson learned, that uh, they didn't have enough conventional forces to deal with it. So they want the Donbass region. And the, answer, and the reason for that, John, is they claim it's because they, that's where the Russian-speaking minorities are. But that's rubbish. What it really is, that's where 90% of the natural gas and oil reserves are uh, in Ukraine. So it's all, it's all about oh, money. It's all about money. It is. And then then what he wants is uh, he's obviously laying siege to Mariupol, which is on the very western side of the Donbass region. And he wants to take as much of the southern coast of Ukraine as he can. If he takes Mariupol... That'll give him the coastline on the Sea of Azov. And for our audience, that's A-Z-O-V. And then his intent would be to push west to take Odessa, uh, which is which is the most major port that Ukraine has on the Black Sea. And by doing that, then he would cut off Ukraine from the sea, which is would be absolutely devastating to their economy because that's where their exports go, that's where their imports come in, and it would make Ukraine a landlocked nation. That is what he's trying to achieve. Frankly, I don't think he'll be able to do it, John, because he's struggled so much with the Ukraine military, and some of the reinforcements that he's bringing in haven't done well. I mean, they're still repelling them in the Donbass region, Listen to this. They brought a unit out of Georgia the day before yesterday, two units, two uh, battalion tactical groups. They committed them to the fight uh, against the Ukrainians in the Donbass region. They, they were beaten, and the, their officers ordered them back in, and they they refused to go. They were combat refusals. Wow. And they've now, they have now pulled them back into Russia. Wow. So they, they are going to have trouble accomplishing even this objective. But right now, so our audience understands, the Russians own more territory in the south than they did prior to the invasion in February 
24th. And any amount of territory that Putin takes, even though it's not the whole country, if he's able to gain control of the south, that still would be a victory for him. And what the Ukrainians are trying to do, and I totally agree with this, they have made up their minds that they want to drive the Russians out of their country. And they're going to, they're, they want to go on a counteroffensive to drive them out of the south. And they are going to need advanced weapons to do that. And that is the plea that Zelensky is making, long-range and mid-range air defense he needs the MiGs and combat aircraft to support his ground attack. Is he getting he any? Is he getting any? No, he's not getting the long and mid-range. It, we've been in negotiations, uh, United States with uh, Slovakia here for about two, two to three weeks. No, no, uh, no S-300s yet. No MiGs. The administration has walked away from the MiGs. Huge, huge mistake. He also needs tanks, which the United States is, is attempting to get them. Good answer there some um, other combat vehicles, the Australians are sending some, but he needs a number of countries to be all in. Understood. General Jack, because, uh, Jack Keane, we're running out of time, but I'd love to catch up with you in a few days and give uh, the, the people of America an update for the uh, weekend. Sure. Be glad to do it. General, thank you for everything you've done for America and continue to do for America. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you, Jack Keane up on Thursday, so go Yankees. I'm a New Yorker, and I'm a diehard Yankee fan. And for finally, we have a mayor that's a Yankee fan and not a Red Sox fan. Thank you so much. <laughs> let's, let's take that break, and when we come back, we're coming back with a debate that's being moderated by uh, Governor David Patterson. Talk Radio 77 WABC. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. This is Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis. You're a classic example of the people who built this country. On 77 WABC. This is, this is Cats at Night. John Katsimatidis here, and, and we have a debate today. We have a debate between uh, uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, uh, John Katsimatidis, and uh, moderated by Governor David Patterson. And uh, we have Latrice Walker, and I don't know... Uh, the, uh, her attorney's name? Marie Jai. Marie Jai. She's w- an, an attorney with the Legal Aid Society. And uh, I heard over the weekend that my friend, and she is my friend, Latrice Walker, we don't agree on politics a lot, but we do, we agree we're friends, that uh, Latrice was on a hunger strike and I was... I was horrified because I didn't want anything bad to happen. And we'll explain she, since and, March 22nd. She's and been she's on, on a hunger strike since March 22nd. And she really believes in this bail law. And I have an opposite opinion. And what, what America is all about and, the, and WABC is about, being able to discuss it in a civilized manner. So who's more civilized than Governor David Patterson? David, Governor Patterson, I'm going to turn it over to you to moderate. Thank you. <clears throat> Do we have the assemblywoman on? Not yet. Not yet. They're still uh, getting her on right now. Oh, okay. Still okay. getting her so on? Maybe, I thought she was on. Maybe I can. Nobody tell me. What well, I'll do is I'll just summarize. Go ahead. Tell us the, the summary. Uh, 
in the uh, toward the end of 2019, the New York State Legislature passed legislation nullifying bail for misdemeanors and low-level felonies in those particular situations. On January 8th of uh, 2020, Governor Mario Cuomo, making a statement about this legislation, said that the painful truth is that if you have resources uh, and you're arrested, you can go free, and, uh, but if you don't have them, you're going to wind up being punished. Uh, shortly thereafter, there were a number of protests in New York, and there was finally uh, a resolution. Uh, what, I mean, the protests about the legislation. And so do we have the assemblywoman on now? We're still waiting for the assemblywoman. There now, might have now, been a speech. Governor, we're still waiting for her. some Some schlemiel on our side tell her to call 545 instead of 535. And I don't know who the schlemiel is, but I'm going to find out. Now, my, my pet... Uh, <laughs> Thing is uh, the fact that them. there's 8,500,000 New Yorkers, mm-hmm. and we all agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. And I had the commissioner of the NYPD, and there's 3,000 violent criminals. That's all I care about. 3,000 violent criminals that have conducted three, four, five, six, ten, fifteen violent crimes. And the commissioner and the and the and also the chief of police have said, Latrice is ready. Okay, uh, Latrice, are you there? Hi, John. I am here. I know we are in the in the thick of things at the moment, and so every moment is 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 precious time uh, as we are gear, gearing up to um, go in and. Uh, speak about uh, further details of the budget. Well, Latrice, while you, while you were waiting for you, I said that we are friends, but we don't agree on everything, but we always agree to talk about it in a civilized manner, and uh, that uh, Governor Patterson is here to make sure we're all civilized. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, I understand what I was concerned about, that when I heard on Saturday that you were on a hunger strike, I was concerned uh, and I wanted to talk to you about why are you in a hunger strike? Well, two days after uh, Governor Hochul announced her proposed changes to criminal justice reform, two people died on Rikers Island incarcerated pretrial. And this is a very serious issue. And we were watching a lot of misinformation be pumped into the airstreams um, that was mischaracterizing bail, uh, unjustly indicated what it was that we were, we did as a legislature, um, didn't define things and items or charges or crimes that were bail eligible uh, properly. It was saying that, you know, this legislation just released people without bail, uh, without indicating that it was restricted to folk who are on misdemeanors and or nonviolent felonies with respect to the desk appearance tickets or people who were released um, from pretrial incarceration. Uh, Everything else was bail eligible. It talked about the fact that there was no discretion. uh, Let me know. Look, I'm going to let you talk first. Let me know when you're finished and I'll give you a response. Okay, judges had more discretion in their more items in their toolbox than they had beforehand because they could put folk on supervised release who had mental health issues or they could um, 
they could put folk on supervised release who had drug addiction issues. And so the the real message and the real story had not been highlighted. And so it took a drastic measure, um, like making this decision to for folk to recognize, like, look, this bill didn't do what people are saying. And then there was zero zilch empirical data to support the changes that are proposed to being made, and it was all based on anecdotal situations or evidence of, 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 of circumstances that were proved time and time again did not even come underneath the revised bail statute. In fact, when the NYPD commissioner at the time came to, to the uh, hearing in Albany, he indicated that there was no connection with the rise in crime and bail reform. In fact, there was even a, a report that was just issued recently by Governor Hochul and also penned by uh, 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 Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins uh, indicate... Uh, let, me, let me respond. I, I understand. I hear what you're saying. But, but we have to have at least a minute... Uh, in between. Okay, well, you know, there's been there's been hours and hours and hours of Yeah, yeah but, uh, but we yeah. only have a 25-minute show left. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I just... my, my my thing is we have 8,500,000 New Yorkers and I I've had the commissioner on our show 2 weeks ago and she says uh there are 3,000 violent criminals in in the city. I only care about violent criminals. I don't care about minor league crime. Eight, 3,000 minor criminals that have repeated three, four, five, six, ten violent crimes. And if we took the 3,000 violent criminals off the streets in New York, New York would be the city we all loved again. I grew up in Harlem, Latrice. I grew up in Harlem, and right now, see, you talked about two people that died in Rikers Island. Let's talk about the 25 kids that died in the streets of the city of New York. And, and, and that is a crime. 25 young kids are not going to have a family. They're not going to have a, a life. And, and I'll, I'll relinquish. I, that's my minute. And I'm going to turn it over to David Patterson. Then, okay. Governor Patterson, I think you should Brother limit it to one minute apiece and let somebody else respond. So, okay. <clears throat> Assemblywoman Walker, um, do you think that the issue of bail reform and the issue of crime have become intertwined? Because one thing that's very interesting is that the legislation that was passed that stopped the public safety actions of judges, in other words, where judges... Uh, uh, are assessing the dangerousness of the client. That legislation was passed in 1970 by the Republican New York State Senate, the Democratic New York State Assembly, and was signed by the governor, Nelson A. Rockefeller. So that issue has been in effect for the last 50 years. Do you think these issues are getting confused? So I think that the issues are uh, regarding gun violence, and bail reform are getting confused. And I believe that everyone wants to be safe. Like, I live in Brownsville. I was born and raised there. My brother was murdered when he was 19 years old. And so, yes, we want a community that's safe. But we're also saying that when it comes to bail reform, that bail and those same changes that you referenced 
or about ensuring a person's return to court, if you are a flight risk, that that those standards looked at a looked at a person's propensity towards returning back to court. Very good, Not John or uh, Judge Weinberg. Time. Do you want to respond to that? All right, and also right after Judge Weinberg res- responds, you also have. We have uh, Craig Eaton in the studio. No, at, yeah, but who do you have? Uh, on oh, we side? have Marie Jai. She okay. is uh, legal with the Legal Aid Society. Okay, after you respond, Judge Weinberg, you got a minute. Then uh, Marie, J- Marie Jai Jives has a minute. And let's keep going. Then David Patterson. Okay. I'm Good trying to organize. Good afternoon, Assembly Member. So my, my big concern is as follows, that we now have in the city of New York a climate of lawlessness. There's a message being sent out on the streets that anything goes, that people can walk, even if it's a serious crime, and it's recidivists who are committing those crimes. I talked to my former colleagues. I was both on the criminal court and the state Supreme Court, and they're absolutely outraged by the fact that they can't hold people in who they perceive to be a threat. Well, another piece of the legislation that was passed is you have to have the least restrictive alternative, and the problem is, let's say you have ankle bracelets, but the state legislature didn't fund the staff, or the equipment to monitor, monitor people. Another big issue was the open file discovery where you're mandating a very short period of time. Files have to be turned over, witnesses' names and addresses, complaints' names and addresses, the whole file. And as a result of that, the DAs are telling me that they have to dismiss cases because they don't have the, the time to do it. Okay, so let's let Attorney Jai get into the conversation now. Thank you. I appreciate that. I heard a lot, so I'm going to try to respond as much as I can in my short time. But, um, I mean, this notion that if we just took 3,000 people off the street, that New York would be whatever utopia, uh, you know, the general thinks it would be, is false because what are you doing to actual um, on the front end from being swept up into a criminal justice system? Like, we really need to be talking about what are we – we need to be talking about crime prevention, not crime response. And everything everyone here is talking about is how do we respond after harm has already occurred. And so if you're serious about not having harm occur in the first place, what you need to be talking about is community investment and resources um, and getting that into the hands of people who need it most to prevent harm in the first place. Okay, John, um, Katzmatiz has a thought here. Well, we all get one minute or 45 seconds. We're trying to get as many things in. Uh, look. I want to reform people. I want to help people. I want to take people off the streets in New York. I want to put them in. I want to put them in hospitals. Uh, mentally ill should be in hospitals. I, I, we have to treat them instead of just throwing them on the streets in New York. Instead of throwing them on the subways, they need treatment. The the uh, the the people uh, that are homeless, we have to put them someplace. We can't just leave them on the streets in New York. I don't think if they're mentally ill or they're homeless and, 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 and they don't want to go to, they have to, they cannot live on the streets in New York. Yeah. Full stop. So now on, I on, relinqu- the, I relinquish, uh, on the specific month. issue of bail I mean, reform, uh, uh, Craig Eaton and then uh, Attorney Jai, you can go back and finish. So what is your position with bail reform? I mean, right now the the – Current law as it stands, they're handcuffing the judges with bail reform. The discovery is handcuffing the prosecutors. And the current laws and practices are handcuffing the police. Wait, wait, let him finish. Let Let him finish. Let him finish, and you'll have your one minute. I I I don't agree with the handcuffing judges. 
We believe that we put more tools in the judge's toolbox than we took away because now. Why don't you let Craig eat and finish? And then you can well, have Craig, a full minute. Craig, I, I Craig, think that we why need don't you to, be more yeah. specific about what handcuffing the judges is? Well, if you're taking away the right of the judge to look at the individual defendant and make a determination whether bail is applicable to that crime and that person's history, you're, you're handcuffing the judge at that point. Let him finish. That, it was never taken away. It's still in It's still in the CPL 510.30. That was never touched. The only thing that we added was that there is a federal standard that talks about least restrictive measures, which is already there within the federal law. And we just made it also applicable to New York state law. But we did not take away any of the enumerated factors that a judge can consider in Section 510.30 of the CPL. Okay, very good. Ms. Jai, do you want to add to that? No, Judge Judge, Patterson, we got to get a bell. So you got to hit the bell after a minute from now on. Judge Weinberg, right, you want look, to answer that? Yes. Wait, wait, wait. I, I just... Wait, wait, wait. Who do you, you want, Who do you want, Governor? All right. Who do you want, uh, So I'm going to put a stopwatch on Ms. now. Jai got interrupted twice, so we're going to let her speak and then Judge let Weinberg. Let her speak. Yes, and I would just add to uh, Assemblymember Walker's point. The least restrictive standard is not new. It is not something that hamstrings judges or handcuffs them. The only people being handcuffs are the people who are being arrested and brought through the system, so I hope you will stop saying that. But the least restrictive standard is a constitutional law standard. The government, in any area of law, cannot do more than is required for it to achieve its goal. Anything more is charity. So you cannot do more to someone to get them to appear into court. You cannot do more to someone to punish them. That's why we you can't do excessive sentences. Okay, very we good. Judge, Judge Weinberg, go ahead. Scale. All right. There are 49 other jurisdictions, 49 other states in the federal system that specifically allow a judge to make a determination based on the conduct and the history of a defendant to hold them in on bail. New York State is the only jurisdiction that handcuffs judges that way. And when you mandate that somebody has to use the least restrictive means, plus you start enumerating a whole bunch of penal law violations and misdemeanors and felonies where you can't hold somebody in on bail, you have, in fact, handcuffed them. Look at the law that was passed by the legislature. Governor Patterson, who's next? We'll let Assemblymember Walker speak here. Go ahead. I just I would say I would say that again we did not change the standards with respect to a judge's determination of bail for felony charges. We did with respect to misdemeanor and low-level felonies, and which is why again I want to make it clear as to what it is that we're talking about, as opposed to making this blanket statement. Yes, with misdemeanors. There is a requirement for, in some misdemeanors, not all, there is a requirement for a desk appearance ticket to be had. However, with respect to felonies, the enumerated uh, factors that a judge has or can take into consideration has been in place and was untouched. The only thing that we did was to add the federal standard of least restrictive measures to very, the law. Very good. Let's go back to John Katzmatidis. No, I'm going to defer to Judge Weinberg because he's a judge. 
and he knows uh, what he can get. Well, you have to step back for a moment. You can get lost in the sauce, and you get involved in the details of the particular first piece of legislation and the modifications. But let's go back to the reality. The reality is people are afraid. 79% of the let's public, 79%, give them a chance, please. 79% do of not the people, uh, do 79% of the public wants this law change because the perception is it's not safe. 20% of the buildings, the commercial buildings. Everybody, everybody, stop for a minute. No. Now, wait, 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 wait. Well, one second, Assemblyman Member. Your Honor, if there is a misperception about what the law is doing, You've got to clear that up. You just can't say we have to change the law because there's a misperception of it. Go ahead. Okay. That's absolutely correct. What I suggested when the bill was first passed on this show, I suggested to Speaker Hastie that we sit down and go through the bill line by line. There were enumerated crimes that we said there could be no bail, including felonies, and I said that would be a mistake. So, for example, let's uh, let's take petty larceny. If you have somebody coming in on petty larceny, you can't hold them. You can't hold them in, and he can come back day after day after day after day after day in the same store, and you can't hold them in. Even Alvin Bragg, who we've had on the show, has indicated that they're trying to amalgamate the number of instances because they know that's a failing in the law. What you need to do, and the governor's correct, is we can go over this bill line by line by line and make the changes. Assemblywoman. Okay, like so I'll on the petty larceny part. Can I we just, just hold one second? Let me just say this. And then we're talking about misperceptions. Sorry. Go Sorry, ahead. Again, this is attorney Marie Jai. Yeah, if we're talking about like misperception, there's one right there. We're talking about pre trial. There's nothing about the pre trial process that stops the case from moving forward conviction and then if you want to lock someone up for a pettit larceny for however many years which it sounds like what is what's happening here and people want to do you can do that we are talking about pre-trial pre-adjudication and pre-finding of guilt when somebody is presumed innocent okay also, i had i had called have, on i called on assemblywoman no, um walker let's let, let's let's let, let her finish let's have we got five minutes left let's have five everybody give a, a minute a minute each on closing statements go ahead assemblywoman So, okay, so basically one of the things that the judge was mentioning was about the um, desk appearance tickets uh, and the repeat arrest, not offenders. The the governor right now can set a shortened time period for which a person has to return on that desk appearance ticket. Instead of it being 20 days out, why not just do by executive order or by administrative law or ruling say that it's the requirement is to come back within 24 hours or 48 hours as opposed to having a custodial arrest or sending someone through the system and through central booking. They can't go back to work. They can't be with their families just because they're going to appear before a judge to exact whatever justice that judge determines. All I'm saying is right now she can do that without even having to make any changes to the Okay, Judge Weinberg. It's very simple. Alvin Bragg, who's a Manhattan DA, said that the petty larceny problem is a big problem because of recidivism, and he's looking to amalgamate it because he wants to be able to set bail to hold people in. 
Well, y'all have already scared him off the stool. Well, I have a I have a question to ask everyone. We got we wait, got closing wait. statements. Well, closing statement. Okay. Can we Who's all agree that the, the court state the courts right. need to be revamped? Uh, for closing statements, let's start with Craigie. The question I have is how do you, how do you confirm or how do you get people back to court? If you let them out, how do you get them to come back to the next court appearance? How do you guarantee they're going to come back? They're people coming back? Coming Nobody's back. coming back. Nobody's coming back. That's yeah, the problem. People know their responsibility to the court, the overwhelming, you know, the overwhelming majority. I mean, we're not even talking. Right. Like, they're, they're, not they're not going to come back to court. They're not going to come back to court. Next. All right. Uh, John Katzmatidis. Who's not going to come back to court? Uh, well, I'll tell you. Well, well, my, my turn. My turn. My turn, ladies. I had commissioner uh, of the NYPD on uh, two weeks ago, says she arrested 6,600 people with guns, uh, and of the, they gave them uh, desk appearance tickets. Only 200 showed up. The okay, other 64. Let me finish. That's the true numbers. That is the true numbers. I tell the truth. My job is to tell the truth. That's that's a dispute we can't resolve here, but let's let Assemblywoman Walker. Let all our listeners check the facts. Closing statement. I would like to see. I would like to see the those six thousand six hundred people who are arrested we'll on the gun. You, we'll have you on, with John. Uh, <laughs> let the assemblywoman speak. But, but I. So I will say this: ninety nine point nine nine percent of the people who are arrested and released under bail reform do not get rearrested for any violent charges. Okay, and let's close with Judge Weinberg. Ninety six. That's that statistic, most respectfully, that statistic is absolutely wrong. The OCA numbers, the Office of Court Administration numbers, show it was wrong. The Mayor's Office of Criminal Justice Services show well, that was okay, wrong. So That's numbers, cherry picking. Numbers don't lie. People do. Well, I numbers have, don't lie. People do. I, I want to assign a whole hour to it sometime. We're out of time, but I want to thank everybody. Thank yes, everybody. thank you so much, Craig Eaton. In the studio, Governor Patterson, Judge Weinberg, and, of course, on the line for us right now, Assemblywoman Latrice Monique Walker. I hope you're doing well on your hunger strike. I did say Craig Eaton. I did. And then, of course, Marie Jai. She is a legal aid We uh, want attorney. civilized. I agree. We want civilized discussions and because we want our, our citizens to make the right discussions. I think we should have a longer time next yes. time. We had a lot of passion, you. but a lot of good and information. We all have a lot of passion. And we want we want the best for New York City. That's right. And thank you so much for coming on, uh, Latrice. Uh, and this is John Katzmatidis. And thank you to God bless New York and God bless America. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.